0: Well, welcome to the Cut for Time podcast here at the Canton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Clay, and I'm joined today by Jenna Stern. (laughs) Uh, We're just going to have a conversation about Sunday's sermon, which was all about us having freedom to transform the world in Jesus' name. And so welcome to the podcast, Jenna. So glad to have you you on here. Um, Just want to give a quick introduction to who you are, and what are you excited for about being on the podcast?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I know you and Eric have been you know, pushing me to to, mm-hmm. to get on here eventually and am yep. Probably your number one fan. Yes. I, I would like to claim that title. But um yeah, so I love listening to this every week and um the chance to listen to the sermon again, you know, with young kids. It's never hurts to hear it again. Um, but yeah, I just listening to the sermon and with a little bit of push from Eric too. Um just felt like I just needed this week I just needed to be here this week. Yeah. Um I could add to the conversation but mostly just have a front row seat to this you know to learn more um from your message so but yeah um eric and i um been married for 10 years um both grew up in canton um eric grew up in this church i grew up south of town at a lutheran church Mm -hmm. um uh, we have three kids i'm a stay-at-home mom i used to teach band here in town um and I still do some piano lessons. I'm also the choir director here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just, yeah, very involved and um, just loving it. And so I just I always want to learn. And, uh, yeah, I was just very excited to be here tonight. So well, thanks great. for having me. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's get into it. Love this song. Really? I just love this song. Yes. It's me been too. in my head. Oh, man. <laughs> A bop that slaps. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> never heard it before like when did that start yeah like, i mean
0: it's it's gen is definitely a very gen z yeah um yeah you said carly or word. something was yeah, not even yep. like carly was definitely <laughs> like yes that's how that would go yeah although um so one of the things that happened is that my friend john anderson mm-hmm. um who is the pastor at Woonsocket, heard my sermon and he, yeah. he texted his son evan who's 14 and apparently <laughs> bop and slap are uh, redundant so a bop if it's a good song it's a bop Uh and if it's a good song it would slap and so i i have committed a gen z faux pas okay so there you go turns out turns out this elder (laughs) millennial
1: (laughs) yeah uh the kids and i were jamming out to the song at snack time today like they loved it too they're just all dancing around yeah love it that's great can you talk more about Paul waiting on the Galatians to change again like sure. how long is this right yeah that he's there
0: yeah so Paul was in the region of the Galatians for quite a while um, okay. and we're not really we don't really have a definitive date of how long he was there mm-hmm. um you know but he was there for long enough to get the Church of Galatia going um, and then the time frame between Paul leaving and Paul writing the letter to the Galatians is around a year so it was okay. pretty fast a pretty good yeah. turnaround for and, and and that makes sense because right. things went so far off course so fast mm-hmm. because the i mean there were jews in the area that had some kind of religious background and, and some mm-hmm. roots to their faith in god but paul was proclaiming something so different. You right. know, this was early on in his ministry. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the scholarship suggests that Galatians is the first letter that Paul wrote. Okay. Like, so it's not the first letter that's in Scripture, but right. it's the first letter that Paul wrote was the mm-hmm. letter to the Galatians. Okay. Um, and so there was a small window between Paul leaving, the Judaizers coming in, the letter. That, that happened in pretty
1: fast succession. Right. But yet faith doesn't happen overnight. I, what was, what's Paul, what was his hope? I mean, like how fast did he want it to happen?
0: Right. Paul had this weird experience where faith did happen, overnight, mm-hmm. you know, or, right. well, not even overnight. There were three days. Right. You know, but I think that Paul was so driven to spread the gospel as far as he possibly could have that I'm sure he wanted them to like just get it, mm-hmm. you know, just just like that, yeah, like, like I
1: did, right? Just why can't you?
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think we have the same hope for people when we mm-hmm. start to like you know work on introducing them to if they're if they're not been church folk, like mm-hmm. we want them to just see how awesome the church is from the very start, and that's right. often not how that goes. It's often a very gradual and intentional process. Mm-hmm that, you know, and, and, and I'm sure Paul, especially, you know, by the end of his first missionary journey and, you know, and, and, and into further into his ministry realized that not everybody has a Damascus. Mm -hmm. Not everyone has that. I'm knocked literally on my butt and I'm blinded. Like there, not, everyone has that. Right. Sometimes faith is a much more gradual process. Right, And sometimes we come to faith and it's not even dramatic or interesting. And it's, it just is, you know, Mm -hmm. we just, we just know it and we name it and we claim it and it's there Mm -hmm. and it's not a overnight turnaround. It is a gradual, we've been loved along the way by people that get it.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The difference between growing up in a church. Yeah. And not coming to faith until... An adult, yeah, yeah that'd be definitely. very different yeah, perspectives. Um, when you were talking, it reminded me, in high school, I think I was a sophomore, um, went through tech at Gloria Day, the old. Oh, okay. The old, yep, now embrace. Um, so I went through it there, experiencing all these cool things with mm-hmm. other teens and, you know, there's there's crying, there's laughing, there's, there's stories. I mean, there's just so many emotions. And, yeah. I remember thinking and telling my, like, table leader, like, I don't have a cool story. Like, Mm. some of these kids have been through so much, Mm -hmm. and, like, they're, they're so much more emotional than I am right now. And, you know, I was 14 or whatever, 15, but, um, but just, like, I almost thought something was wrong with me, because how come I don't feel the way they do? Mm -hmm. Ever had Mm -hmm. that experience?
0: Oh, yeah, because that's very much my story, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, one of the coolest ways I've heard that put, uh, my professor, Dr. Strickland in seminary, Gary Strickland, uh, talked about how he came to faith kind of the same way. I mean, raised in the church, mm-hmm. not a lot happened, pretty boring story. Mm-hmm. And he said that some people cross over the river into faith at the narrow part. Mm-hmm. Others have that wider chasm and have that more, you know, that bigger story, I mean, not even a bigger story. They, they have that more dramatic story. Yep. It does not mean that those of us that cross over to faith at the narrow part of the river are any less saved or mm-hmm. are any less a part of it. Or, you know, people need those boring testimonies to realize that it isn't just, you know, like I, I think my, my stereotypical, like, Jesus story that's super dramatic and over the top is um, Brian Head Um He was the uh, lead singer of Corn. Very mm-hmm. very heavy rock, yep. you know, yep. alt bands, mm-hmm. and just one day, you know, he said he was, you know, snorting cocaine and just realized this isn't what it's supposed to be about, and then just overnight, just Gosh. everything changed. Wow! He quit the band. He started touring for Life Light. Like it just everything changed that fast, and that's amazing. wonderful and amazing. And thanks be to God for those stories. But not everybody has that kind of a story, and that Mm -hmm. has to be okay. Mm -hmm. And that's why your story, my story, those of us that have that kind of a story, that's why our stories are so important Mm -hmm. to help people see that it isn't just the big and the flashy and the dramatic and the holy cow I was on the verge of death and Jesus saved me.
1: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) It's the
0: I never had to go there.
1: Right. Because Jesus saved me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of you know you're saying stand firm mm-hmm. st- you don't know, have a firm foundation yeah mm-hmm. it's it's almost like be an example for yeah, others to, to show you know mm-hmm. like you were just saying it's it's no better or worse it's just different yep i loved when you said that paul had the right to speak at the start he mm-hmm. did not have the right to be heard at the start yeah like that reminded me of so much of today's world and just in our everyday interactions. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I'm doing a, a Bible study with some girlfriends right now. And last week, um, he said, it's so easy to agree, you know, that you have to work on something in your marriage. Or you mm. have to, um like... You know, you sit in church, and yeah, yep, I agree with that. Yep, that's that's something that we should do, or, you right. know, just to agree. Yep. But that doesn't change anything. Right,
0: yeah, definitely. <laughs>
1: you have to agree to act on it. And you mm-hmm. guys have talked about that before, you and Eric, yeah, done, in this conversation. But, yep. yeah, when you said that, it just, yeah, yeah. you want to go more on? Sure, yeah. Explain I mean, that?
0: Th- this is why his evangelism took him so many places as it did, is because just by virtue of who he was, he had the right to go into the synagogue and speak. Mm -hmm. And also, because he was a Roman citizen, he also had the right to travel in relative safety. But in the synagogue, in the Jewish spots, he had the right to speak. No one could deny him of that. Mm -hmm. Did he have the right to be heard, though? Did Paul have the right of those that were listening to say, oh, Yeah, maybe we are wrong about Jesus. Maybe he is the Messiah. He is the one we've Mm -hmm. been waiting for. Let's follow what Paul says. Right away, I'm guessing not. Mm -hmm. Because right away, what he would have said would have been offensive. What he would have said would have been what he calls to the Corinthians. What he says is this is foolishness. The wisdom of God is the foolishness of man. And this makes no sense, especially coming from me, because you all know who I am. Right. You know, but... He had the right to speak, Mm -hmm. and over time, as he invested in the community and got to be more known, he would then earn the right to be heard, Mm -hmm. and that's where transformation can happen, Right, because it is in hearing the gospel message and understanding that the person that's telling you the gospel message truly does have your best interest at heart, Mm -hmm. that's where transformation can really happen
1: what if that were to happen now Mm -hmm. yeah it's like you said it's so easy to look back at these early christians you know Mm -hmm. and how can they not see that like you know it it, it makes so much sense why could you know why did you do that and Mm -hmm. but like how if that happened today how would you know who to believe you know you talked about false teachers and Mm -hmm. So you want to go more on that? Yeah,
0: sure. I mean, and I, in part, I kind of think that it happens every time there's a new appointment in the United Methodist Church. Mm -hmm. You know, I came to Canton and I had a little bit of an advantage because I knew some folks here. Mm -hmm. I knew, you know, some folks from annual conference. I've preached here before. So you at least knew a little bit about who I was. Right. But I've walked in, I mean, the church in Brookings, my first appointment, Mm -hmm. I didn't know anybody. Right. I met Pastor Terry Johnson yep. at annual conference that year. Mm-hmm. I met two people on, her sta- on the staff at the church at annual conference that year. Yep. And then I got there, and then lo and behold, I had some connections to some people. Sure, always. You know, but because yep. South Dakota yes. and Methodism. And, exactly. You know, it's a small world yep. after all. <laughs> but I, was go- I went in completely, you know, I was fresh out of seminary. I was, you know, completely untested. They didn't know me from you know, anybody, if you get a new pastor appointed to your church or a new pastor called to your church in your mm-hmm. more Lutheran background, yep. you know, yeah, your call committee has, you know, vetted them in some way mm-hmm. and they've come and maybe candidated for you right. or that you've read their, their profile or whatever. So, you mm-hmm. know, at least a little bit, but for those first few months and really that first year of ministry, that's all about earning the right to be heard. That's all about it, earning the right to be heard by this congregation. Bishop Mike Coiner was our bishop in the day okay um and he wrote a book called making a good move and he wrote about if you get to the church and they're doing well and things are going great and they don't feel an impetus to change you don't touch anything for a year really that first year of ministry is about observing it's about learning and it's about earning the right to be heard
1: Mm-hmm. so, so what kind of confirmations do you get as that year goes on, sure. how, how do you start to feel like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. we, we got a groove going on yep. here. What I
0: think are, it happens in a couple of different ways. Um, take, for example, your father-in-law. Mm-hmm. When I started learning that I <laughs> could joke around with Craig Stearns, <laughs> I knew that I was making headway here. Yes. Like, and then, but also yep. in leadership terms, when they start to really look for your opinion on things, Mm-hmm. And not just, you know, oh, we should ask the pastor. No, pastor, what really do you think? Mhm. That's when that's kind of part of how I know. Sure. That 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 we're in.
1: Yep. So Can you explain um out of scripture? Yeah. Um submitted to a yoke of slavery. Mhm. I mean, I don't know how many times I've heard that and it's yeah. it's just kind of I don't know, goes right over my head. <laughs> <laughs> like can you kind of just sure. Describe so, that.
0: The big difference between what Paul was saying and what this group of, of more Jewish Christians was called the Judaizers. Paul was saying that, you know, we are no longer bound by the law of Moses. We are no longer bound by these limitations. Mm-hmm. Jesus took them on the cross and opened us up to an access to the divine that before, his previous, in, the, before in his previous life of Judaism, he could never even imagine when Paul went to the Galatians or proclaimed to them the gospel of Jesus Christ, as he understood it from what he received from the disciples, there was a freedom there. There was a freedom that they could throw off their oppressive ways of doing religion that made religion burdensome and not Mm life-giving. And that's the freedom in Christ. But then the Judaizers came almost right afterwards and said, okay, cool, yeah, freedom in Christ, but like, (laughs) let's do it more Jewishly.
1: That's what we're used to.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what we're used to. That's Mm -hmm. what we know. You can follow Jesus, but you also have to maintain these set of things from the Jewish faith. Because change is hard. Oh, change is so hard. Yes. (laughs) Change is so hard. No experience with that. No, not at all. Not (laughs) at all. And so when the Galatians started to follow what the Judaizers, Judaizers were teaching, this to Paul was them putting back on a yoke of slavery and denying the freedom that really exists in Jesus Christ. And so Paul urges them to take it off and to leave it off because you don't need that anymore. Mm -hmm. You need Jesus. You need Jesus and the things that he taught you, and they know the things that Jesus taught because of how Paul taught them. So for them to submit to this yoke of slavery again was them just saying, well, then, you know, toss everything from Paul and and do it differently again
1: yeah well that kind of going back to just grew up in the church and this Mm -hmm. and not that it's just what you do on Sundays and you know I'm yeah like to think that I'm beyond that but um I don't know some of that stuff like like I said I've I've heard it since I was little Mm -hmm. but you just kind of glaze over it because Mm -hmm. you don't really think too in depth about that growing up right and so now like i don't know all those laws and the you know what but yeah what they used to have to do those traditions mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i don't know it just makes makes way more sense now as an adult sure yeah <laughs> definitely you had said sometimes it isn't the world that needs changing sometimes what needs changing is us sure. that was kind of the main point yep um and you said sometimes you know worrying about things gets in the way getting mm-hmm. distracted we get tired of doing good yes <laughs> i yeah i think yeah. a lot of us experience that like yeah we feel like we're just trying and trying and nothing's working nothing's mm-hmm. happening but yes it's not in our time it's in god's time right like you know we think we know all yep you know like oh yes. like two-year-olds uh, and then disheartened at past attempts like new year's resolutions oh yeah you know yep definitely you know, and it's just—I feel like yep. you always try and do the same thing, uh-huh. but, yep. You know, and it's usually you know, um, health and fitness is usually at yep. you know everyone's Absolutely. top you know top yes. priority. Yep. But it's so easy to say it. Oh yeah. But to actually act on it mm-hmm. is so hard. Yep. Um, I don't know. What's your experience? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, actually, it's very funny that you mentioned that because a friend of mine who's a pastor just posted to her church's Facebook page. You know. It's the start of the new month, you know? Maybe this is the time to recommit to, you know, (laughs) those certain things that you want to recommit to doing. But in terms of our faith, and this is me bringing our Wesleyan heritage into it, it was John Wesley who said, preach mercy until you're merciful. Put another way, fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're wanting to get into reading the Bible more, if you're wanting to get into praying more, it might feel really weird and inauthentic at first, mm-hmm. fake it till you make it. Fake yeah. it until something breaks through and it becomes, you know, it becomes your discipline. Mm-hmm. Like we have talked with Eric a bunch about this. Like we do Faith 5 Home Huddles yep. um, at our at our house. And I know that you all do too, which is yep. awesome and I love it. But like the first couple times of doing highs and lows and saying, hey, what was the best part of your day? It turned, it felt so hokey and so weird and just so, you're like, this is never going to catch on. But like, we'll be at lunch with family. We'll be at at a meal with, you know, perfect strangers to my kids. And they will just say, okay, what was the best part of your day? Yeah. Like they are all about it. Mm -hmm. But it's because we made it through those hard times of, this feels inauthentic or this feels like something we're just supposed to do just for the sake of of Mm -hmm. doing it rather than finding some real beneficial value right into it yeah and that's i mean that's the same thing with any spiritual discipline that you you take on Mm -hmm. then you find the meat then you find the treasure of going through those harder times of faking it till you make it you get to the point where you've made it and then that be that that's when it becomes just a natural expression of who you are as a person of faith
1: it's like when i tell my piano students they, you know they keep making the same mistake over and over and over yep. and i make them play that one measure mm-hmm. just right hand just left hand yep again yep again 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 and you know and yes. then they're kind of looking at me like oh, crazy lady I'm like yeah. what do you <laughs> exactly and it, yeah they're like why am i doing this mm-hmm. or i tell them you know play the ending then the beginning then the middle like play it out of order sure make yeah. yourself learn it differently uh-huh. and then all of a sudden they play it perfectly yes. it's you know it's kind of the, thing. the same thing get over that awkward it's different
0: yep yep
1: and then it, it it's it's the the whole process that's hard mm-hmm. that in beginning band kids too oh yeah you know the ones that in it this you know this isn't an umbrella statement but mm-hmm. a lot of the ones that just took off right away and could play everything without practicing right they were the ones that dropped out in seventh grade because then it got hard and they yep. didn't know how to practice. Exactly, yes. So if you don't, you know, if you're not in the Bible daily, it feels awkward and mm-hmm. you're not going to be good at it. Right. You're not going to feel like it's doing anything. Yep. Until you just make yourself do it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yep. Fake it till you make That's it. That's why they call them spiritual practices. Mm-hmm. So, practice. Yeah. You had asked a couple big questions. Yeah. What do you see... Because of your faith in Jesus, that needs to be changed in today's world. Hmm. Yeah, and you said it, that it got hard as you were preparing for the sermon because yeah. of what happened a week ago Tuesday. Yep. The school shooting. Yep. Um, I don't know, What are your thoughts? Yeah, I see people
0: that don't have Jesus in their lives that are struggling with things. Just if they knew that someone was on their side, I think things could be so much better mm-hmm. for them, for, for everybody. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus is that person who is going to be consistently always for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's hard to, to do that because Jesus is, is intangible. But yet I think that there are ways that we as the church, we as the body of Christ, we as the people of God can surround people and just help, help, mm-hmm. and help them realize that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. help them realize that yes we see your struggle we're not afraid of your struggle we see you mm-hmm. and we want you to know that there is a greater love out there than you can ever fathom in christ mm-hmm. and i just wish that we would more consistently and this includes me too really look at the world through the eyes of jesus and say what doesn't what isn't right what is mm-hmm. what is inconsistent with the gospel? Not in a way of judging it, but in a way of realizing it and saying, okay, then that's what we have to do. And then do something.
1: Right. You Act know, on it.
0: That That's the thing. Act on it. You know, realize, hey, there is this struggle in our community. There is this struggle in our world. We have the love of Jesus. We have the greatest force in the world. What could happen if we applied it there?
1: Mm-hmm. People wanting to just make these umbrella statements about, well, we need to do this or we need mm-hmm. to do that. You know, the talkers. Yep. You know, and yeah. they, they point fingers and, well, you, have, you blame this and you blame that. And, well, what about <laughs> what about being kind to one another,
0: mm-hmm.
1: loving each other, Yeah. looking out for your neighbor, yeah. you know, all those things we teach our kids. The gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel. Christ. What? Like, yes. Right? How, how do we continue that?
0: Right, yeah, and that's the thing. <laughs> you know, I think that it is breaking it down into those gospel imperatives, breaking it down into, you know, even though know, it was popular when we were in high school, the WWJD bracelets, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. What, what truly, truly, after reading the gospels, truly after, you know, exploring this in prayer, what would Jesus do? That could That could change things. Mm-hmm. You know, getting getting more, in, and not even just people outside of the church, getting people inside of the church to ask that question, mm-hmm. I think would be, I think would be a huge benefit and a huge blessing.
1: Yeah. People tend to they're drawn to you know the big flashy things, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. quick fixes, quick fixes. Um, mm-hmm. Gosh, I mean anything. You know, you hop on Facebook and it's like the, 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 the new Wikipedia. Like, oh, yeah. you know, that's, that's the truth. And that's, yep. you know, yep. this, these are the facts. Yep. And yep. no, and Joe people, Schmo just Yeah. These said, are the people
0: that agree with me and your people are wrong.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. The stuff that is said on those social media platforms, like, would you actually say that? Right. Face to face with somebody right. in a conversation. Yep. You know, it's so easy to be all... Mm -hmm. You know, get on your high horse. and keyboard
0: warrior. mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: How do we see past that stuff? Right. Yeah. I guess kind of what we talked about earlier, be an example to others. Not just being someone who points out all the problems. Right. But being that person who does what they're supposed to Mm -hmm. is a role model. Yep. And takes action on things. Yeah. That's, I mean... That's what we're called to do. Yeah. So. Yep. But it's so easy to just sit and It point absolutely in.
0: is. It absolutely is.
1: And we're all guilty of that. Yep. But. Yep. One of
0: my favorite church cliches is that the people that, should be, that are standing on the promises are doing nothing more than sitting on the premises. <laughs> yep. My, one of my <laughs> favorite church cliches. <laughs>
1: That's, just, they and, get comfortable. Yeah. Yep. And then once again, change is hard. Uh-huh.
0: Yes. Yep. And I think that we also, I find myself sometimes just so resigned to the fact that nothing is going to change. And so why bother? You know, that's that, that's that part of of not being weary of doing good. Mm-hmm. It's just so much, so many times we have these brilliant ideas of how the church can do X, Y, Z. And I can feel stymied or I can feel just blocked or, you know, just mm-hmm. why bother? This is, this is, an, it, this is an inevitable thing that I see unfolding in front of me, and there is nothing I can do about it. Mm-hmm. So I just don't.
1: And it's just sometimes physically, mentally exhausting yeah. to do. Yeah. You're, mm-hmm. you're the only, you feel like you're the only one doing something, yep. and you just can't get anyone else on board. Mm-hmm. And then you just lose sight of the whole reason why mm-hmm. right. we're here.
0: Yes. It becomes more about ego than it does advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ into into a broken and hurting world, yep. Which always has to be our focus. Mm -hmm.
1: If we had to, if we had, you know, a minute to explain it to somebody, what what are we gonna do? Like, if I was gonna tell some person, this is what I'm gonna do. How do I explain that to them?
0: Come up with the elevator pitch version of it. Um, you know, you mm-hmm. are your, if you get on an elevator with someone and they are a captive audience for mm-hmm. your elevator ride, how mm-hmm. do you, you know, yeah? how do you explain the importance of your faith or what you, what you do with your life, mm-hmm. you know, um, to them, you mm-hmm. know? And so part of it is that, I mean, part of it is just, I think part of it is just discerning for yourself. Um, and maybe even sometimes letting that be enough. I know because of prayer and the work of the spirit in my life, I know what I want to accomplish and it's X, Y, Z, you know, and it's usually, I mean, mine is born out of what I needed when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Like mine was born out of, I have experienced such acceptance and grace for all of who I am through Jesus. And mm-hmm. I want to be that for everybody else. Mm-hmm. I want to be that for everybody else. And so that, that colors almost everything that I do. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's mine. You know. Yeah.
1: And I am, and I know there are many others that are so glad that that is your, hmm. your why, your sure. and you know, that's awesome. Yep. We are only in control of us. Yep. Yes. You know, we can tell everybody well, this is what I'm going to do. So this is what you should do. Mm-hmm. You know, and go on this whole big. Right preaching you know just whatever you know yep but yet yeah you just have to know what you want to do and be Mm -hmm. okay with that and just live it yes like that's that's how you do that yep so what do we have for next week
0: yeah so next week um is pentecost sunday and we'll be talking about how we are set free by the spirit Mm -hmm. like we're set free in the resurrection of jesus christ but the ongoing work really happens in the indwelling of the spirit On the day of Pentecost, you know, the disciples and and the whole entourage were gathered in an upper room, maybe even the same upper room that they've been in this entire time. (laughs) And the mighty and rushing wind comes over them. And Peter, you know, the crowd accuses the disciples of being drunk. And Peter says, hey, we're not drunk. And then talks about the Spirit, and then gives this sermon, and three thousand people join the church, and then it's off to the races from there. Mm-hmm. The ongoing work of us being set of us being set free, the ongoing work of us exploring and exercising our freedom, happens because of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. It was the Holy Spirit coming upon the disciples that set them on the path that they went down. But without the Spirit, Peter doesn't stand, Peter doesn't stand up and preach that day without the spirit none of this happens without the spirit the church is not what it is today right and so we need to understand and claim even though sometimes it makes us look wacky that <laughs> we believe in the holy spirit and we believe in the spirit's power in our lives
1: yeah oh that's so cool yeah so hard to understand but so cool the holy spirit gosh cool I'm excited yeah. Well, thanks for joining us this week on this episode of the Cut for Time podcast. Join us on Sunday in person or on Facebook Live at 10 o'clock. And then again for the podcast next week.
0: Thanks for listening to our Cut for Time conversation. Join us for worship in person or on Facebook Live Sundays at 10 o'clock Central Time. And now go in peace and serve the Lord.